Welcome to Season 1 of the Café Nervosa Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Taryn. We're two ladies who have a deep and abiding appreciation for the 1990s NBC sitcom Frasier. In this podcast, we're going through the show season by season, and we're talking about specific topics as we go. You can find all Season 1 episodes in the feed right now. Along the way, we'll share some of our favorite moments, great jokes, guest stars we love, character moments that last, and other Frasier-related fun. In this episode, we're talking about the cast of Frasier, and for season one, that means we're working through some baggage around Kelsey Grammer, highlighting supporting players we will come to love, and digging into the Who's Calling cast. So prepare a snifter of Armagnac and grab a seat on your exact replica of the couch Coco Chanel had in her Paris atelier as we talk about season one of Frasier. Because it's season one, we are going to talk mostly about the casting of Fraser Crane. Taryn and I both have complicated feelings about Kelsey Grammer, and we want to clear the air. So Grammer is politically conservative and has said that he would like to run for president. We don't agree with his politics on any level, uh, and we also don't believe in separating the artist from the art. We like to hold people accountable for the garbage they do in real life. So this muddies our love for Frasier. Now that we've cleared the air, let's really get into it. Taryn, tell me something that you like about Kelsey Grammer. He's a great actor, and he does a really great job portraying this unbearable guy. He is unbearable. And I have a clip of him being unbearable. It is from episode two, Space Quest. This is a moment where he's complaining about how his life and daily routine have been interrupted by having Martin and Daphne move into his apartment. Where's my paper? Who stole my paper? Mrs. Everly, you old bat! I know it's you! You both! It's right here. We bought it in for you. Oh. Sorry! Sorry! (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. This... Where's the rubber band? This this paper has been read. Well, don't worry. We won't tell you what's in it. <laughs> that is not the point. Dad, Dad. Come and sit down, please, will you? You're going to give a speech, aren't you? Oh, that's right. I forgot. You're psychic. <laughs> yes, but I think anyone could feel this one coming on. Let us get something clear. I am not a morning person. I have to ease into my day slowly. First, I have my coffee. Sands, eggshells, or anything else one tends to pick out of the garbage. (laughs) Then I have a low-fat, high-fiber breakfast. Finally, I sit down and read a crisp new newspaper. 
If I am robbed of the richness of my morning routine, I cannot function. My radio show suffers, and like ripples in a pond, so do the many listeners that rely on my advice to help them through their troubled lives. I'm sorry if this may sound priggish, but I have grown comfortable with this part of myself. It is the magic that is me. <laughs> Get used to it. Sun's eggshells, indeed. This clip is great. It's full of jokes. But the thing that strikes me is that he is so upset that the rubber band has been removed from his paper. <laughs> this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. But Kelsey Grammer just does such a good job embodying the magic that is him. So I have to tip my hat to Kelsey Grammer. Totally. He plays the character with such empathy that even when he's being the worst, you kind of feel for him. And that is down to the talent of Kelsey Grammer. It definitely is. I also appreciate that he knows he's a fool. Like, he knows that... I think Kelsey Grammer knows that Frasier is a foolish person in a lot of ways, and he goes right into it. He uses that to heighten the character. Totally. Lauren, what do you have for us? I also wanted to bring a clip that shows what a good actor Kelsey Grammer is. Uh, so this is from episode 11, Death Becomes Him. In this episode, Fraser's going to the doctor and his doctor dies suddenly. The doctor was a similar age to Fraser, and this sends Fraser into, into an existential crisis about his own life and his understandings about death. Here's a clip of that. Look, I'm sorry I bothered you. Uh, I really just came to offer my sympathies. Oh, no, wait. Um, Dr. Crane, I listen to you all the time, and... Uh, well, maybe you could help me. What would you tell someone who called in the show and said they can't get over why someone died? I keep running this over and over in my mind, and... I just can't understand how someone like Gary, who did everything right, can just die. I can't make any sense of it. Mrs. Newman, I... I know you'd like me to come up with some, some grand answer to this whole thing, but I, I don't have one. You know, someone who consumes nothing but cigarettes and cheeseburgers all his life, can live to be 83, and that's someone who takes care of himself. Can die at 41. It's unfair. Believe there's no explanation for it. Believe me, I've checked. <laughs> but, uh, I suppose the best we can do is... is live for the little joys and uh, surprises that life affords us. You can't spend your life being obsessed with death. You're not Jewish, are you? <laughs> this scene is incredibly honest, and I really appreciate it. Kelsey Grammer has spoken publicly about how his sister, Karen Grammer, was um, raped and murdered when she was 18 and when Kelsey Grammer was 20. Uh, and how that affected his life in obviously profound ways. 
And I think knowing that informs how you can look at this scene and the real heart that Grammar brings to it. Grammar really is a very good comedic and dramatic actor, and it comes through at different parts of the series. It's very impressive. Absolutely. I also wanted to mention that moments between Fraser and Martin, or Fraser and Niles, really become the core emotional truth of the series, and when those three men are acting together, it really is the them at their best, and I think it's the show at its best. That's a great point. We do have serious problems with the character of Fraser Crane, and we'll kind of get into that as the podcast goes on, but it's worth noting that he tries to be an ethical person. He makes choices throughout the series that go against his desires. One example of this is in episode 7, Call Me Irresponsible. This is where a woman named Catherine comes to the station to confront Fraser about the advice he gave her boyfriend on the air. Fraser starts to counsel her, she flirts with him, he flirts back, and then suddenly they're on a third date. Here's a clip of Niles telling Fraser he thinks it's unethical for Fraser to date this patient's ex. I'll dispense with the usual adolescent teasing and come straight to the point. Who was that Babel Rama? <laughs> Niles, please don't try to be hip. You remind me of Bob Hope when he dresses up as the Fonz. <laughs> her name is Catherine. So? How long have you known her? Three days. Have you two, uh... No, as if it's any of your business. But you're... Uh... Well, yes, soon. We are talking about... This. Of course we are. <laughs> Sex, right? Yes! <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so, 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 how did you two meet? Well, it was one of those funny things. She came down to the radio station to chew me out. You're kidding. No, a, a few days earlier, her boyfriend had called into the show, and I advised him to break up with her. <laughs> Fraser, Fraser, where are your ethics? You, you can't date someone who's involved with one of your patients. Marco is not a patient. He's a caller. There's a huge difference. I, I, I talked to him days before I met Catherine. Mm. Rationalization, the last refuge of an unsound oh, rationalization. Is that what you're going to call now? That kind of rationalization that you've always it. done. In yeah. our time. Oh, no, I am not rationalizing. There's, there's nothing wrong here. As long as your conscience is clear, I'm not sure mine would be. Well, frankly, I don't care about your conscience. No, I don't need your approval. I don't need you to like it. In fact, I don't need you for anything. Oh, by the way, Niles, my car's in the shop. I need you to give me a ride home tonight. No problem. <laughs> so at the end of the day, Fraser doesn't sleep with this woman because it is unethical, as Niles points out. Um, and it's actually Fraser's physical body that prevents him from continuing the relationship. But it's not a wang issue. He gets a tummy ache. <laughs> uh, no, not a wang issue. It's a notable quality that's at the center of the show. This man is trying to be a good force in the world, and I really appreciate that. Switching gears, I wanted to talk about the callers. For those who don't know, all the callers into Frasier's radio show are voiced by celebrities, and I've compiled a list of just some of them. Tell me, Taryn, who is in season one? We've got the great Patti Lapone, who we've mentioned in a previous episode. Broadway star. Broadway legend. Uh, Bruno Kirby, known for roles such as 
that guy in City Slickers. Yeah. And he's also in When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reba McIntyre, country star. Fancy herself. Malcolm McDowell, who his most famous role that I know is uh, he was Alex in A Clockwork Orange. Okay. Um, Jay Leno of Kevin Eubanks fame. <laughs> uh, Jeff Daniels. Fly Away Home. Fly Away Home, exactly. <laughs> Elijah Wood from Flipper. <laughs> Great one. I didn't know he was in Flipper. I think he is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Griffin Dunn, who will later be Fraser's be wheelchaired friend Bob. Oh, where else would people know Griffin Dunn from? My girl. My girl, yes. He was also in I Love Dick, if anyone watched that. I did. Um, Griffin Dunn's father. I'm not sure why we know him, but apparently it's a dynasty. Okay. Piper Laurie, who I can never remember where she's from, but she's been in everything. She's famous, that we know. Uh, Mel Brooks and his best friend Carl Reiner. Yeah, I don't know if people know they are best friends and they get together like every night to watch a movie and have takeout. Yep. Cutest old man friendship ever. Hashtag goals. Yeah. Uh, Rosemary Clooney. George Clooney's aunt. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And as he is credited, Edward Van Halen. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I have a clip of uh, Mel Brooks's call. It traumatizes me, Dr. Crane. I wake up nights and I remember that Christmas morning. I walked into my mother's bedroom, tears running down my face, and I said, Mommy, Mommy, the puppy Santa gave me won't wake up. (laughs) Okay, Tom, you win the prize for the saddest Christmas story we've heard today. Happy holidays. I wanted to mention a few other cast members from season one. In episode 13, Guess Who's Coming to Breakfast, we meet the problematic character of Noel Shemsky, played by Patrick Kerr. He doesn't get a lot to do here, but we'll see him again as the series goes on. And in episode 23, Fraser Crane's Day Off, we meet the also problematic character of Gil Chesterton, played by Edward Hibbert. Again, doesn't get much to do, but he's here. Tara and I also wanted to know if you knew that Edward Hibbert is a literary agent and that one of his authors is Chuck Palahniuk. I did not know that, (laughs) and that's super weird. It's crucial information to your life. It really is. Yeah, he represented the film rights for Fight Club. Outstanding. Well done, Edward. Yeah, way to be Ed. There's also a little cameo by the late, great Brittany Murphy. She appears in episode 19, Give Him the Chair. Uh, That's the school play with Martin's chair in it. She plays a high school student. That's great. I did some digging into the the peripheral cast of season one of Frasier, and I noticed that there are a lot of what I will call law and order actors. Tell me what you mean by that. That they are... Actors with huge IMDb pages and show up in one to five episodes of Law and Order, Law and Order SVU. Oh, okay. The show has a large variety of guest stars at its disposal due to the connections that the cast has, and they make great use of it. For sure. And 
as people may know, Frasier is a character that came out of Cheers, which ran for a very long time. Uh, so the cast and the character are very well established in the world, which I think gave them leverage to get this deep roster of guest stars. One final fun facto is the man who plays Fletcher Gray, name is his name is John McMartin, in the episode And the Whimper Is. Mm-hmm. That man will later go on a date with Kimmy Schmidt from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt in the episode Kimmy Goes on a Date. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Good job, Fletcher. Our next segment is 1990s Nonsense, where we discuss aspects of the show that have not aged as well as others. Reminder, it has been 25 years since it premiered, and a lot has changed. Lauren, what nonsense do you bring? My nonsense is about the female characters in the show. In most cases, it's a woman serving a man, which I don't love. So Daphne works for Frasier. B.B. Uh, Glazer is Fraser's agent, employed by her. Maris has power and money, which is a little bit different than the other characters, but she also doesn't exist. Um, people think that Roz is Fraser's secretary. They're often belittling her in his presence. The waitress at Nervosa is another female, recurring female character who also serves the men. That sucks. It does suck. And I'm glad there are women in this universe. The show does have women, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they definitely use them in a stereotypical way. Not great. Not great. Taryn, what nonsense do you bring? Mine is simply that of the callers that we were talking about, 15 men call in in the first season and eight women call in. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get that number up, folks. Let's aim for 50-50 minimum. That is a great goal. back to things we love about the show, it's that time where we recommend an episode for you from the first season. Taryn, what's your pick? I'm going to recommend episode 8, Beloved Infidel. It's an episode that gives the whole cast a chance to shine, both dramatically and comedically, and it's a great episode for pretty much everyone involved. Ah, remind me, what happens in in Beloved Infidel? Uh, Niles and Fraser think Martin had an affair when they were younger. Hijinks ensue. Ah, okay, good one. Lauren, what episode are you recommending? I think people should check out episode 23, Fraser Crane's Day Off. The Who's Calling cast here is phenomenal. There's Patty Hearst, Mary Tyler Moore, and Tommy Hilfiger. Amazing. And as well, this is the debut episode of Gil Chesterton. As we said, Gil's a problematic character, but Edward Hibbert is really funny. And Niles driving Frasier to madness gets the whole cast involved. It's a really solid episode. That's a great one. Thanks for listening to Cafe Nervosa. 
check out the other episodes for this season of the podcast. They're in our feed on iTunes and Google Play and on our website at cafenervosapodcast.com. We'd like to thank Colette Jonas for composing our awesome theme music. Also, you should go right now and follow us on Instagram at Cafe Nervosa Pod. We're incredibly proud of that feed and you will enjoy it. Please also help us spread the word by telling the Niles to your Fraser, the Daphne to your Martin about Cafe Nervosa. We like to end every episode with clips of our favorite jokes from this season based on our theme. Taryn, you are up. All you need to know here is that Edward Van Halen is calling in. Great. It's 425, and this is Dr. Fraser Crane. Roz, who's our next caller? We have Hank on line three. He's having trouble with his neighbors. Hello, Hank. I'm listening. Uh, am I on? Yes, you're on the air. Uh, hello, am I on? <laughs> uh, li- Hank, listen, t- turn down your radio and just talk into your phone. Hello? <laughs> Hank, please, you, you won't be able to hear yourself. We're on a seven-second delay. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. Thank you, Hank. People, would you please turn off your damn radios? Uh, uh, no, I mean just those of you who are calling in. All you need to know here is that Frazier is taking a call on his radio show. Ross, who's our next call? We have someone on line one who disagrees with your advice to Hank. Oh, really? Hello, you're on the line. Congratulations, Frazier. You've done it again. <laughs> another unsuspecting innocent down one of your dark, dead-end Freudian hallways. Lilith? Overeating is very simply a behavioral problem caused by negative reinforcement. It can be cured quite readily by behavior modification. I see. Well, Seattle, we have a celebrity of sorts on the line. This is my ex-wife, Lilith. What do you mean by celebrity? Oh, they know you. Ross, what exactly does call screening mean? It means I get to put on the air the calls I want to hear. Well, Lilith, what brings you to Seattle, the constant rain? I'm here for a convention, and I happen to hear your voice on the radio. I kept hoping you'd introduce Pearl Jam's latest hit, but much to my chagrin, you were doling out worthless little advice pellets from your psychiatric Pez dispenser. (laughs) 